0: And now, the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show.
2: Hello and welcome to the show. This is Andy Webb with Lifestyles Unlimited. And as always, we're working on your financial freedom. Boy, I'll tell you what, they say time flies when you are having fun, and, and I concur. Heck, time flies when you're in a pandemic. Time doesn't seem to fly as quickly as I'd like when I'm in lockdown, but uh, it's uh, the year's been zipping by. We're already at the at the midway point practically. So it might be time if you're sitting out there wondering what can you do to improve yourself, maybe start thinking about some goals, setting those goals for the balance of the year if you haven't already. We're, we're going back down on, uh, not lockdown, but shutting up a couple of businesses here and there again in Texas, uh, tightening things up. So you may have a little bit more time in front of you. But again, for me, time time has flown by. The last couple of weeks, we we've been out uh, traveling around central South Texas in 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 what I'll call now the RV bunker, right? Uh, secure, isolated, socially distanced from people, self-contained, right? We can stay in that thing as long as we got the water and the electric hookups, the sewer uh, drainage lines. Of course, uh, we're good. And 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 we we're out and about in central and South Texas, and and I had a blast doing road shows, interviewing any number of investors uh, over the past couple of weekends. Uh, that are that are investing and in, in operating down in those areas in, in Austin, in San Antonio, uh, in Kingsville, in Corpus. If, if you miss those, you can go to lifestylesunlimited.com, click on the radio tab. Those are all archived out there, but, but it was a blast. But all the good things, you know, they must come to, you know, come to an end. So I'm back in Dallas, back in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Now, I did leave the wife and the toddler out in East Texas. They're still in that RV bunker uh hunkering down i guess but i'm back on terra firm. i've simply put i've got some business to attend to here um we're moving a family into a house over near fort worth they're going to take possession here in a couple of days on the first of the month so you know i wanted to get back up here check on the house make sure everything's ready to go for them among other things we have to do a, a rental inspection with this particular city i want to tell you a little bit about that here in a second and again i just want to make sure it's ready to hand off to this new family and and we will do a formal handoff a formal walk through I want to talk about that as well but I'll tell you as we plan longer and longer trips in that RV I'm I personally I'm going to have to focus more on you know working on the business rather than in the business we do self-manage so I I am up here because of that uh, so that I can do that walk through to attend to a couple of things so my goals for the balance of the year are going to be around putting those processes into place that allow me to decouple a little bit more. You know, may, maybe that means simply handing off the, the portfolio to a property management company. That That is uh, certainly an option. Uh, maybe it means putting more automation into place, more hands-off processes, right, than I've got now. It certainly means getting the team together that can support the portfolio for me while I'm gone. Now, while we were on the road, we did have a couple of maintenance issues. Not a problem, right? I have those contractors in place to, uh, to take care of those things for me. But again, I do self-manage. So that, that is one of my goals for the rest of the year, improve those processes. And, and like I said at the start of the show, you're going to want to sit down if you haven't got your goals set out already and put those together. So in any event, I'm back in town. And I wanted to take a look at, at a couple of those processes with you that, that do accompany that that new tenant move in. You know, with that in mind, today's show is more of a, a tactical or, or practical uh, show. And, and I was actually over at the house yesterday. I mean, it looks pretty darn good. You know, we, we fixed this one up. It's been a while back in uh, late 2014. Oh, and I'll tell you, there, there was some real heavy lifting on this one. Um, Some real big ticket items that uh, we had to address and 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 I mentioned that because there are some real Budget busters out there when you are fixing up a house and if you're not careful, you know You you could have some some big surprises, you know Let let me tell you just a real quick story back in in 2008 2009 or so uh, We were still living in Germany. I worked over there and we took a, a, a trip, you know We migrated south for the winter. We took a trip south over the Christmas and New Year's holiday to to South Africa There's no jet lag there. It's basically a straight shot due south. Back then, the flights were amazingly inexpensive. I don't know if those flights are even happening right now, but it was a cheap deal. Got down there, skydiving event, did all that good stuff. But we visited Kruger National Park while we were there. Um, This is one of the largest game reserves in in Africa. And and when you go to Kruger, when you visit Kruger, um, you're going to do some safaris, right? Do some photo shoots. And they're going to tell you about the Big Five, right? Hopefully, you'll spot them while you're... On your, your photo safari, the big five, right? This harkens back to when people hunted game on foot, quite frankly. These these were the most dangerous animals to hunt. Elephants, rhinos, right? Lions, those those quiet, silent leopards, and water buffalo. Now that last one probably does not sound too dangerous, but like the rest, they are, they are. They're killers, right? You gotta watch out for them. And and quite frankly, we were we were lucky in the few days we spent there. We we did get to see all five all of the big five, but, but why am I telling you this? Well, as real estate investors, we have a big five to watch out for as well. And they can be killers if you miss them. Budget killers, right? So back, back to that house over near Fort Worth, we you know we dealt with a couple of those big five at this house. So that kinda got my juices flowing. I wanna talk about that in the second half of the show. I wanna talk about the big five. What are they? If you don't know what they are, we're gonna talk about that. And how do you spot them? right? How do, you, how do you catch these big five before they uh, impact your budget? Again, it's more of a tactical, uh, practical show today. Uh, let me give you the number here in the studio. If you've got questions on this topic, you can call me at 855-497-4335. Again, the number here in the studio is 855-497-4335, or send me an email to askandy at dot com. I do check that throughout the show. That's Ask Andy at L-U-I-N-C.com. And just a quick news item that I want to make sure that you caught. Uh, This came out, it's probably been a couple, good couple of days here, week and a half or so. The uh, Federal Housing Finance Agency, they have extended, unfortunately, they have extended the the foreclosure and eviction moratorium that was put into place by the CARES Act, uh, originally that was set to expire on june 30th that basically disallowed you and i as rental property owners with federally backed loans or that use you know operate with section eight um usda loans anything like that anything that's government uh sponsored that disallowed the the the, the eviction process for us as, as owners uh, also on you know By the same token, no foreclosures, but hey, I need my income coming in. I want to collect that rent. So they've now extended that and pushed it out to August 31st, so uh, for single-family owners in particular. Now, when we come back to the show, I want to tell you about those move-in steps that we're going to be doing here very
1: soon, so stay tuned.
0: Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced.
1: Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy.
0: post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today we're back with the lifestyles unlimited real estate investor radio show we're here to answer your questions and help you become financially free
2: welcome back to the show this is andy webb and on today's show we're taking a practical look at a couple of items around our real estate investing and i mentioned ahead of the the break that we are doing a move in here coming up this week i've got a family moving into a house over in uh, near fort worth and uh, we've gotten the house ready to go i was over there yesterday just to do a quick uh, inspection make sure everything looks good for two reasons for two reasons Uh, number one well i've got the family moving in i want it to be you know best product for them uh, we're charging the best price that we can these are just based on the very thorough due diligence that we did on all of our applicants we got many um it's it's a very busy season right now uh, we got many selected the best uh, uh family uh, for the property and you know i want to make sure they've got the good product for them so it, it looks great it looks great so we wanted to check on that i'll do that walkthrough with them later this week but in this case for this particular city as well we do have a, what's i guess what I would call a rental inspection in order to get that that green tag, uh, it might be called, or that CO, that that certificate of, of occupancy, and be 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 aware if you're if you're investing in multifamily, you're, you're going to have to do this anyhow. But if you're like me, if you're buying single-family houses, some municipalities will have this rental inspection, and some will not. Okay, and and you as an as an investor, as you go into a new city, town, whatever. Need to do your your homework up front to find out what is required of me as as an investor in this in this new to me municipality. Right, again, this one's over near near Fort Worth, and I'll tell you, among other things, I, and I've got a printout here from from their website of everything they're going to look at when, when they do that inspection. The inspection is scheduled scheduled for tomorrow, and I. It's just a simple checklist then for me to make sure that I have addressed all of these things. So it's very handy for you if you're getting ready to renovate a house to have this checklist available to make sure that you are addressing everything up front that you need to, right? It's as simple as that. Uh, Most cities will have this available on their website to download if they do the rental inspection at all, right? Here in in, in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, we've got any number of cities, towns between Dallas and Fort Worth and, and around the outskirts. Some do them, some don't. And it's important to ask, call that code enforcement office or that that building inspection office and ask, when does this inspection need to take place? Some cities do it after the resident is in place. They want the resident to schedule that. They're kind of controlling who's living in their city, essentially, I think. Others want to do it prior. They want to give you that green tag before that, that resident is able to move in. Some will not turn on the utilities if they don't have that green tag. And that could be a problem for you if you move somebody in and, oh, no gas and it's winter furnace isn't running. what's going to happen now? So <clears throat> find out when in the process this needs to happen. Now in this particular case, it has to happen prior to move in <clears throat> and and uh, I see here at the very top of the sheet, you know there, there are three check boxes ready to occupy, okay to occupy but needs reinspection meaning I missed something small, right? nothing terribly critical or not ready to occupy. and that's probably going to be for some of those bigger ticket items. I also noticed some of those big five that we were talking about, with with respect to budget killers uh on here essentially i see electrical right electrical facilities i see uh they're going to want to check that there are blanks in the system uh, in the in the panel right you can't have a little empty space in there i've seen that in a lot of houses you'll have your fuse uh, your, your sundry uh breakers and, and then a big gap you can put a, a a panel or a a blank in there to fill up that gap keep keep little fingers from getting into there essentially uh, easy enough. Uh, they're going to be checking for things like GFCI, those those ground fault circuit interrupter uh, uh, outlets in the kitchen, in in the baths, and in the garage, and in the exterior. The, this is newer code. This house that I'm talking about was built in the '60s. We fundamentally put that sort of thing in anyhow because most cities are going to require that, and you should you should follow code as closely as you can. Um, so they're going to be looking for those GFCIs. In this particular case, they're also looking for hardwired interconnected smoke detectors i didn't in the first house we rehabbed in this particular town uh, we've done a few over there i i didn't didn't know there was a list out there we missed that and the day before move-in we had the inspection and that got called out so we had to scramble we had to get this done at a higher cost because time is money like we said and i had to get an electrician out there on the fly so again long story short know, know your city know where you're investing uh, go to their website, find out if this is something you have to do and then adhere to it. You know, some, this one's pretty, pretty reasonable. I think, you know, m- when I look across here, they're looking at, you know, they don't want to see high weeds and grass. They don't want to see what they call rodent harborage. You know, they're helping me make my product the best product as well. So I, I don't have any uh, grievance with this. Now there are some cities out there that are a little bit harder to work with. And and you'll learn that over time, or you'll learn that when you talk to other investors and maybe you steer clear of those. The city of Dallas, for example, they put in pretty onerous um, inspection ordinance about, I guess it's been two, three years now. Uh, I don't personally own any houses in Dallas, and I would maybe think twice because of that. But, you know, hey, you, you do what you want to do, and, um, you know, it's a good market either way. Uh, Mesquite is another city that I can think of around Dallas. Um, I don't know offhand, Austin, San Antonio, what their policies are, but you can go online and, and check that out. So we'll, we'll deal with that building inspection, that rental inspection. Tomorrow, hopefully everything passes. I don't normally meet them out there, but since I'm here, I'm gonna go ahead and swing by, make sure everything goes just fine. And then later in the week, we'll move the family in, right? We've got the green tag. I've already talked with them about getting their utilities set up. They've already done that. So, you know, we've got a couple of boxes, boxes that we're gonna check. And then I've got a checklist in front of me that that I fundamentally work through when I show the house to the the family as they're moving in. Basically, it's a, a, a resident walkthrough. I just want to educate them on the property, make sure that they're aware, especially if they're moving out of an apartment. And and this this particular family is we've we've had a lot of folks moving out of apartments of late. But you you, you want to you want to make sure they understand the, how the house operates if they've never lived in one before. In particular, you you want to educate them on that. So we'll walk through this. Um, I like to go ahead and check the smoke detectors with them. I will give them an inventory and condition form that, that accompanies the lease. That's basically their checklist to go through the house and you know, mark anything that is deficient. Basically set the record now so that when they move out later, if there was you know, a, a hole in the sheetrock from the doorknob from the kitchen into the garage that I forgot to repair or missed, I'm not dinging them or charging their security deposit at the back end later. So they're going to mark all that stuff down. And as part of that, they're gonna check the smoke detectors. Well, I like to do that anyhow. I wanna do that with them on site. And again, this is that hardwired interconnected. You push one button, the whole house goes off. It's loud. Uh, let them know you're gonna do that if they've got young kids present. Uh, I wanna show them the, the the water shutoff valve coming from the city line into the house, right? Water is your enemy. Water is is pretty nefarious, whether it's coming from the roof or it's coming from 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 the city line. Um, so I want them to know where to go to turn that off if they've got any kind of water emergency, and, and I'll provide them with a curb key, a water key, in order to do that. All right, we'll also show them all the shut-off valves, like you know, around the toilets, under the sinks, that sort of thing. Show them where the electrical panel is. You know, occasionally a breaker may may blow or trip. And it's just a simple process of going out looking and and resetting that Um, on really hot days your AC may may be overloaded as it kicks on and it may trigger one of those those breakers and rather than sending an electrician out or sending your your HVAC uh, firm out just walk them through a couple of quick uh, uh, checks. Go check the breaker box, but they need to know where it is. So show them, show them where, where that is. I talk to them about those GFCI outlets. Not everybody has lived in a home that has those. I've gotten calls before where, hey, we're not getting power to our outlets. Simple GFCI <laughs> issue. So I let them know about that now. Foundation watering, right? We're gonna talk about those big five. Foundation is certainly one of those. That's probably the elephant if I think about the Kruger National Park big five. but But foundation watering, I wanna to explain to them how to do it why it's important, how it's going to save them and me frustration in the long run. And uh, the list goes on, but but I've got to throw a thorough checklist, and we'll do that walkthrough this coming West Wednesday. We'll hit a couple more points when we come back from the break. Uh, you're listening to the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Stay tuned.
0: Welcome back to the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Now, let's get back to your map to financial freedom.
2: Welcome back to the show. This is Andy Webb. And on today's show, we're, we're talking a couple, about a couple of practical items. Uh, in particular, for me, I've got I've an got, uh, event coming up. I've got a family moving into a house. Had a family, after five or so years, move out. Got it ready for the new family. And uh, we'll deal with the, the city... Uh, rental inspection tomorrow. That's part of the process for this city. Not every city does it. Um, you're going to want to go to the city website, town website, where you where you operate and see if that's or where you plan to operate, perhaps, and, and see if that's something you need to to do. And again, then as the family, you know, we'll, we'll meet. I'll hand over the the garage door openers. I'll give them the keys, and we'll do a fundamental walkthrough of the house. And I was telling you just a little bit about that. Uh, Once we get through this checklist, I'm going to shift gears and we'll talk about the big five, but as I was looking at the the checklist over the break, I I see that the big five, um, and when I say the big five, I'm talking about the big five uh, rehab items that you may encounter uh, with any, any house that's outside of that general cosmetic scope, and I see that they're all present here, right, in some form or fashion. We talked about showing them where the electrical panel is, talking about GFCI outlets. Well, one of the big five, that is the electrical system, right? Foundation watering. How does that work? How often? Where do I place, You know, put the soaker hoses? Can I do it by hand? All of those questions come up. That's one of the big five, the foundation. So I want to tell them how to take care of that foundation. We repair those typically when we buy a, a, a house to fix up because people don't take care of them. They don't know how. So we need to educate uh, this family as they're moving in. Moving on, air filters. I want to show them where the, the AC unit inside the house is or in the attic, if it were, if it's up there, and, and talk about the importance of changing those on a regular basis. It saves them money. It saves me money because it extends the life of my, my unit. That too is one of the big five, that HVAC, that heating, ventilation, and air conditioning system, right? We'll talk about, um, you know, general maintenance around the house on the outside, cleaning the gutters, that sort of thing, trimming the trees. If you let those get a little bit too close to your roof, eventually they're on your roof and that gusty wind starts blowing that tree limb and it, it, it rubs those granules off, gives access to the property, of course, to, to bugs and, and critters. But, um, also damages the roof that is one of the big five as well so we want to keep an eye on that and then among other things we'll talk about well don't flush those quote-unquote flushable wipes (laughs) they say they're flushable I've got a toddler I know Um, but they're not you know don't do it and we'll talk about the general plumbing system and that too is one of the big five right so uh, just coincidentally, that happens to be on the checklist. There are some other things on here that we'll go through, and then we'll talk about that uh, inventory and condition f- form. I'll explain to them how they need to fill that out. And that's just going to document, like we said, the the condition of the property when they took over. Now, you, as the owner, should, prior to their, their move-in, also be going through that house and taking a, a good set of pictures, right, before pictures. That has saved me in the past where people have come back after a couple years and said, well, no, it was like this when I moved in. Just pull up your pictures, look at their inventory and condition form. Well Well, number one, it's not marked on here. And number two, I've got this picture that shows that that was not, that she-rock hole that I mentioned, that was not, that was not in fact there. So it's good to get a full set of of, of pictures to cover yourself there. So shifting gears a little bit, we're going to talk about the big five. I do want to give out the number here in, in the studio if you've got questions. The number is 855-497-4335 or send me an email to askandy at l-u-i-n-c dot com and And I can remember back to when you know when we were starting investing back in 2012 the 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 formula of sorts that we used would be to approach the cosmetic part of the the rehab and trying to figure out you know, is this going to be a good deal or not? I may be walking the house by myself. We would just apply kind of a simple formula about ten dollars a square foot, right? So if the house is a thousand square square feet, we're going to need 10 k. Um, plus on top of that, you've got those big five. And as we talked about earlier in the show, those can really kill the budget if you if you're not in tune to those, if you're not looking out for those, if you're not trying to spot those big big five and, and, and budget those., well, what, what kind of costs do you assign to those? Talk to your contractors. Talk to the, the folks you're using to to repair or replace that HVAC system or that plumbing system or that roof, okay? In fact, you should always get three estimates because they are big ticket items. They you you may get quotes back that are all over the place. So let's talk about how you spot those. And I'm going to talk with I'm going to talk about the biggest one first. Here in North Texas, uh, I think in in Central Texas as well. I know down in San Antonio as well, even Houston. Foundation, right? We can have foundation problems. We've got that clay soil here that. We got a lot of rain, apparently, while I was gone. I know this because I came back and had to mow the grass yesterday. It was a little bit taller than I think my neighbors liked. (laughs) So when you're gone for a few weeks, I guess I need to figure out a system around that as well. But uh, we got a lot of rain, and when when it rains a lot here in this clay soil, it absorbs that moisture and it lifts the foundation. Well, when it dries out, by the same token, later in July, August, that, that clay soil shrinks and that foundation can move quite a bit. That's why we talk to those residents about watering that foundation. But what do you need to look for? Well, sometimes you'll you'll go into that house and you may feel it, right? This house that I'm talking about over near Fort Worth, one corner of the house was down seven inches. I felt like I was going to Six Flags Over, Texas. I don't know if you've been there, but they used to have, maybe they still do, an attraction called the Crooked House, I think it was. You walked into it and the whole floor was sloping to the side. You got a little bit dizzy and uh, got out of there as quickly as you could. Well, this house was exactly like that, down seven inches. So it was very evident, but it's not always clear. So typically what you might do is start on the outside of the house and go, if it's a brick home, look for cracks, right? Look for cracks in the mortar, uh, cracks in the brick. Now the mortar, it's going to crack a little more readily. Sometimes that's just a thermal sort of issue. Um, But if you're starting to see cracks through the bricks, then something more significant is going on there. Check around the windows too. Uh, If you start to get some gapping between the bricks or the the wood trim and the window itself, then you've got some sort of movement going on. Now the question becomes how bad? Right. So that's outside. Inside, you know, some people feel it. Seven inches down, you're gonna feel it. Some people, if it's an inch and a half or two, you, you may not. I know when I walk a house with my wife, she tends not to notice it quite as much as, as I do. I don't know why. Is it my inner ear versus hers? I don't know. But you may or may not feel that. But you can look for other signs. If doors are sticking, right, something has shifted. If if they're out of plumb, you may look and see that the the top of the door has been shaved. That's typically a sign that it has had issues before, and whoever owns the house now has shaved. Usually, kind of irregularly, it's got that roller coaster flow to it. They've shaved it to try to make the door close a little better. Look for that sort of thing. Maybe when you leave the door slightly ajar, it swings all the way open. Something's out of level there as well. Now there could be other things going on with the the moisture in the air, the humidity swelling the wood, or or. Uh, the door frame just fundamentally being out of out of plumb, but those are usually telltale signs, especially when taking in you know together with the outside. Look for sheetrock cracks, obviously. So all of these things are going to give you that hint that you've got one of the big five going on there. Now, if you want to be sure, get an inspection. Get your inspector out there. Some will shoot the levels for you. Some won't. Ask your your inspector, your home inspector, if they do, and get that foundation company out there. They'll they'll do a free inspection. Um, as part of their, you know, most of them here in North Texas do anyhow. Uh, if, if you want an independent review, get a structural engineer out there. Now, you're going to have to pay for that four or 500 bucks, depends on the size of the house, but then you can get that independent uh, second opinion on what sort of work is needed. And, and on that note, I do want to tell you, we've got a, a vendor program at Lifestyles Unlimited that I've leveraged for this very thing over the years again and again, as we go into a new house to fix it up. I'd say nine times out of 10, we're doing some level of foundation work um, and, I, and I leverage the team, uh, the teams available on, on the Vendor Hub. And and if you don't know what I'm talking about, I'm going to direct you to a website. It's financialfreedomlivestream.com. That's going to tell you about our financial freedom program, and it's going to tell you about our vendor program there as well uh, in brief. A very good program, uh, the financial freedom program, and we're offering a, great, offering a great deal right now if you go to financialfreedomlivestream.com. Um, annual membership is normally $740, it's been discounted significantly, just $197, gets you in the door, get you access to that uh, vendor program. So very relevant to, to today's conversation. So moving on, big five, that foundation, I guess if I'm thinking about the Kruger National Park, that's the elephant, right? <laughs> it's the elephant in the room. That elephant was sitting far too long in that corner at my house and it sunk seven inches. Wow, it was, it was a big one. Um, moving on, plumbing is is one of the big five and in newer homes this is probably going to be less of an issue if you're buying mid 80s 90s onward though you can have you can have issues with your your pvc but when you start to buy those older homes which is what we've gotten into quite a bit um, we, we have cast iron piping typically still in place and that has a shelf life and we're coming up on the end of that shelf life in a lot of cases so that can be a very big ticket t- item. This is kind of like that water buffalo. You know, you don't think it's there. You don't even notice it, and all of a sudden it charges, right? Well, that, that plumbing can sneak up on you. If it's under the, a slab foundation, you may have to repipe the whole thing. So we'll talk about what you can look for to spot that when we come back. Stay tuned.
0: Listening to the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show will change your life. We will teach you how to create wealth and passive income so you can be financially free. And now, back to your host.
2: Welcome back to the show. This is Andy Webb. And on today's show, we're talking about a couple of processes. We talked about those in the earlier part of the show, uh, the move-in process, when we do that walkthrough with the residents, as well as potentially, depending on where you invest, the Uh, Rental inspection. That is a process in and of itself. How does it operate in each city? Does the city even do it? You know, we have, I'd say about half our portfolio is in cities that do not and about half are in cities that do. Um, So we've just had to become in tune with their sundry processes because they differ from city to city as far as timing and and, and everything that they're looking at. You can catch that in the earlier part of the show. We'll, We'll archive that here uh later this week and now we're talking about the big five you know as you go through your your renovation there are things that you're looking at that you need to repair may need to repair And typically we're talking cosmetic stuff, but on top of that will come those big five, those big ticket items, those potential budget killers, budget killers if you miss them, if you don't plan for them. We talked about foundation here in North Texas. That's definitely an issue anywhere in Texas, really. Um, We've moved on to plumbing. Plumbing and foundation often go hand in hand. And if you're buying an older house, like the one I was talking about with the seven inch drop, we knew when we lifted that seven inches, we knew it had cast iron still. and We knew that cast iron was not gonna survive that seven inch lift, right? So you, you can make a, a certain assumptions, perhaps. If it's an older home, uh, it's probably still got that cast iron. Now, some homes have been renovated already by the homeowners. They may have gone in and, and repiped that house. If so, great. But what do you need to look for? Well, if it's a newer house, I'm a little less concerned about it, but I'm gonna look for the cleanouts. I do want to know that they have those for future plumbing issues and to be able to do a hydrostatic test, right? On an older house. You may or may not find those those cleanouts, but you'll want to look for them. They may be buried at this point. They may be behind some of those the, that shrubbery in front of the house, or behind the house, depends on where the the house drains to. But try to find those. Are they cast iron or are they not? If they are cast iron, then the house has probably not been repiped yet. You may want to budget for that, especially if you're lifting that foundation. Where else can you look? Sometimes, if you look un- where the kitchen is at the at the wall, there may be a cleanout there. Is it PVC? Is it cast iron? That may that may give you a hint. Um, so you're looking at the sewer lines in this case, right? You, you may need to do a full repipe. So at this particular property, we had to lift that foundation massively, and we had to do a full repipe. Not a problem because we budgeted for both. We spotted those two killers first and, and put those into our, our numbers, and it worked out just fine. Um, other things you might look for in terms of plumbing is that galvanized Supply line compared to copper. Most houses now, well, all houses nowadays, are going to be copper supply lines. Maybe PEX, uh, but back in the '50s, as they were putting these together, they would sometimes use that galvanized, uh, that, those galvanized lines, and those can corrode. They rust over time. And how do you check for that? Well, you may be able to do a visual on them. You, there are ways to do that. Do a Google search for you know how to use a magnet or that sort of thing to uh, figure that out. Sometimes you, you over time build up that experience and get a visual on it, or simply run the water. You know, we bought a house a couple years ago. When we turned the water on in the kitchen it was coming out brown but it was barely coming out at all it was just a trickle so that told us already this house definitely has those galvanized pipes because the water's not flowing and it's coming out a funky color right it's got that corrosion already so so take a look for that and another item you might want to look at especially in newer houses actually will be the water pressure Uh, we had this at a house uh, where the city had gone through and revamped their side of the the supply lines And we suddenly had significantly higher pressure water pressure going into the house when you would turn on the kitchen sink you'd hear that hammering sound right everything worked fine but over time that hammering is going to lead to something coming disconnected so we had to go in dig up you know, dig up the supply line, put in a, a pressure relief valve to, to correct for that. So that's not something you'll necessarily get a visual on. You might try the, the plumbing as you're walking through the house and see if you get that hammering. That's going to be a, a first uh, indication. But get a general inspector in there, a home inspector. They're going to test that water pressure. They're going to tell you what that, that PSI is uh, so that you know. And, of course, you're going to want to have a good plumber on your team. You may want to do a hydrostatic test um, to check those sewer lines for leaks prior to buying. They're going to be able to do that for you if you've got the cleanouts. Um, again, big ticket item is the plumbing. Moving on, roof. Roof is a big ticket item as well. That can be, you know, it's a one-time expense to replace that whole thing. Uh, depending on the size of the house, depending on the footprint, is it one or two stories, your, your cost is going to be all over the place. So you want to have a good roofer on your team. And I'll tell you, when you're first walking that house, it can be really hard to spot roof damage, hail damage from the ground. Now, I know some investors will, will go out to the houses, they'll have a good pair of binoculars and, and really look at that from the ground. Um, others will take like a ladder with them. I have a telescoping ladder that I just keep with me, ratchet that thing out, I get on the roof. I, I like getting up there, I don't have a problem with it. And, and it becomes very evident whether or not you've got uh, hail damage at, at that point. And going back to this house uh, over, over near Fort Worth, when we lifted it seven inches, boy, it had a nice... 30-year you know, architectural shingle on it. Good. It was relatively new. Unfortunately, the homeowner put it on after the foundation had dropped 7 inches. So guess what happened when we lifted that thing? This we had not budgeted for. We missed this. Well, the whole thing rippled and shifted along the, the peak of the roof. Did we replace the roof? No, we just did some roof repairs. Um, it was not insurable at that point. In fact, our insurance company said, no way, you need to fix that. We did. Uh, a couple hundred bucks, but... You know, there's some interconnectivity to all of these big-ticket items, so uh, keep an eye out there. And, again, get a good roofer out there. A lot of them will do the free inspections as well. And if you're not sure where to go to find that roofer, I told you earlier about the vendor program that we have at Lifestyles Unlimited, uh, available to all membership, and uh, part of the financial freedom program as well. So um, worth worth its weight in gold just to have access to those guys that know what we're doing, know what we're looking for as investors, know what our our investment model is, and can attu- you know, tune their business towards that as well. And let me give you that website again. If you're interested in learning more about the Financial Freedom Program, go to financialfreedomlivestream.com, and you can register there. Uh, obviously, again, vendor the vendor site is, is one of my focuses today, but the, it comes with a lot more. Um, uh, another big, big piece of that program is the Financial Freedom Seminar. David Fisher, he's conducting that live right now today right he did it yesterday eight hours talking about what we're talking about today single family investing today he's talking about he's shifted gears and he's talking about multi-family so moving on we got two more of those big ticket items left right electrical electrical and there are a couple of components to this obviously the fuse box or the panel is one that most folks are aware of right if i go out to my garage i've got here where i live i've got a ge panel out there it's a newer house built in the 90s Uh, But some of these older houses, they're going to have older panels. You need to take a look. First of all, is the service, the amperage that you're getting to that panel enough to service what you're going to be doing in that house? If you're going to be adding, say, converting a a gas stove to electric, converting a gas dryer, a lot of these 50s houses had gas lines for for dryers, converting that to electric, well, you're going to have to increase the amperage. Does the existing panel, can it handle that? You may need to upgrade that. And speaking of panels, there's some bad guys out there. You've probably heard of Federal Pacific. You may have heard of Sylvania. If you're not sure what those look like, do a Google search and look at the pictures. And you will they're very easy to recognize when you open up that panel uh, door. Sometimes before you even get to the panel door, it'll say Federal Pacific in, in, in big letters on it. But those you typically want to replace because they are fire hazards. And if you do get that home inspection done, they're going to call it out in big letters. They're going to call it out in very big letters to let you know. And, of course, the wiring itself. Uh, there was a period of time in in the 60s where we shifted from copper due to a copper shortage or higher prices for copper to aluminum. And aluminum wiring is a little bit more fraught with with issues. They can be addressed. We've got a house where we've got some aluminum wiring. We have we have dealt with that. We have corrected that with uh, the proper you know pigtailing and that sort of thing. That's perfectly fine. You may want to go in and fully rewire the house, add the grounding. A lot of these older homes don't have grounded wires. Well, now's your opportunity to do that. It's going to cost you a little bit more. That's why it's one of the big five. Just budget for that. And finally, HVAC. Now, I just visually look at the thing. How old does it seem to me? If it's old, plan to How old? Well, what do you want to do? If it's ten years old, what is your what is your risk for habit or your appetite for risk in that in that sense? you don't want it going out in the middle of the summer with that nice family that you just moved in at the start of July? Right? That sets a bad tone. So as you go through and fix up that house, you may consider replacing that and again here it's going to depend on the size of the house whether or not you know what the cost of that is going to be and that's where you want to have a good vendor in your pocket that can get out there and look at that thing and give you an estimate get three estimates right again they're going to be all over the place Um, but you want to look at that thing if it's got the data panel on the condenser outside if it's still visible that may or may not tell you the size of the unit you're going to have to learn how to read um, typically in the serial number, it may have a 36, for example, which means it's three tons, or it may have a, a 42, which means it's, what is that? Three and a half, right? There's a way to get into that. Uh, what I like to do and what I recommend is going to buildingcenter.org, building center.org to figure out the age of the unit, right? If you can still see the serial number on the, on the card, if you can't see it, it's probably a little bit older. You can typically tell by how dinged up the fins have been, how dusty and dirty they are, but, um, go to building dash center.org. Dot or put in the serial number and that'll tell you the age or get a home inspector out there Like we've, we've been talking about throughout and they'll 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 run the, the age of all the appliances in the house Not just the AC but the the dishwasher the water heater all that stuff and give you what you need to know to Put the best product onto the market to renovate that big ticket item So we've hit the big five we talked about the foundation we talked about the plumbing we talked about the roof. We talked about the electrical. We talked about the HVAC. That's what you need to learn to look for when you're when you're spotting when you're when you're looking out for those big five items that are budget killers. Going back to Kruger National Park, there are big five uh, man killers out there, woman killers. Um, Got to watch out for them. Learn how to spot them. Well, that's what we're talking about here as well. And if you want to learn more, we talk about this in our Financial Freedom Seminar. Go to financialfreedomlivestream.com. Get registered. David Fisher, like I said, is conducting one today. We've got more coming up, uh, end of, uh, middle of July, late July, and so on. Again, financialfreedomlivestream.com. This is Andy Webb. You've been listening to the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Thank you for listening. And remember, it's not the money, it's the lifestyle. You have a good day